What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of 5678 and Beyond. I am one of your hosts, Darian Pleasant, and I'm with... I'm Catherine Whedon, and I'm your second host today. Awesome, man. Uh, 5678 and Beyond truly stemmed from us being coaches, longtime coaches, um, lovers of cheer, lovers of working with kids, lovers of working with athletes, um, and we just saw that our conversations began to stem and grow beyond like how to be great coaches, but also how to live life at the same time. Right, and I think we both realized that while we grew up in cheer we were literally raised by coaches we've learned really valuable life lessons and there was a lot of philosophies that have gotten us through hard times um and when we're looking at cheerleading when we're looking at tumbling when we're looking at gym life everything really goes beyond just five six seven eight absolutely you know what we're doing and the impact we're having on kids right now is going to be with them for a lifetime and i don't think that we as coaches talk enough about you know how do we navigate tough times how do we navigate um you know kids growing up how do we navigate parents how do we navigate the gym life and truly like what happens behind the scenes as coaches (laughs) so much happens behind the scenes truly (laughs) so much happens behind the scenes that like parents and kids and people from the outside looking in will never know like what it actually takes to get your kids to perform, to get them to reach certain skills, and to get them truly to the competition floor. Absolutely, it is staggering how much happens behind the scenes. Yeah, and um, it is an ecosystem. Like a gym is literally its own ecosystem, mm-hmm. and keeping the balance within, the, within that ecosystem is, as an owner, my number one priority at all times. Um, but yes, it it takes a lot. There's a lot of coordination. I tell people the hardest part of my job. Is as an owner is managing adults. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> managing truly, adults truly. by far. Um, but we figured that, you know, the name was totally fitting. Five, six, seven, eight, and beyond. Um, this is about cheer at the very, very core of it. Yeah. This is about your love for cheer. Absolutely. My love for cheer. I fell in love with cheer at 14 years old, and I have never looked back. How old were you when you fell in love with cheer? Uh, I was late to the game, so I started actually in college. Which I was is a- very, very common for gentlemen yes, in cheer. for guys. Guys definitely get started late in the game. And it was literally somebody pulled me uh, as I was walking around campus and said, hey, you might be good at this. <laughs> yes. And that's how I got into it. But yeah, I fell in love with it then. I've been coaching and teaching for um, probably just over 12 years now. Um, and I've had the opportunity opportunity to coach kids. I've had the opportunity to cheer myself. I've had the opportunity to win a championship and um, help athletes truly reach and attain their goals. But before we even continue, Coach Kat, tell us Maybe a little we should bit about tell yourself. Them, we should tell them about who we are. Yeah. Um, I'm Kat Whedon, Catherine Flack Whedon. I am originally from Oklahoma, but I grew up all over the place. Um, my dad was a doctor and we just followed where the job took him. Spent a little time in Minnesota, spent a little time in North Carolina, um, went to middle school and high school in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up coming back to Oklahoma to go to University of Oklahoma. Um, I fell in love with cheer because my oldest sister, Courtney, cheered. Mm, and, I didn't know that. Yep, and she was four years older than me and I was at that place where it was like anything that she did I thought was cool. But yeah. I didn't want her to let, I didn't want her to know I thought it was cool. Um, but she got into cheer and then I told my mom, I said, can I do it too and my mom was like sure and I fell in love and I became obsessive and my life was truly changed in cheer when I went to I believe at the time it was a marriage cheer nationals in Orlando mm-hmm. I was on this crazy team it's called cheer Michigan all-stars okay and we were literally the one and only all-star team in all of Michigan mm-hmm. and there were people driving in from three hours away wow, we thought wow, we were wow. so great it was just like wonderful uh-huh. and then we went to this competition a marriage cheer in Orlando Florida and I saw things that I had never even knew existed. I had never seen a double down. 
in life at this point. I had never seen a girl, let alone somebody in cheer, throw a double full at this point in my life. Yeah. And my life was changed. I begged my parents to buy everyone of Mr. Video, which if you've been around, you know what Mr. Video is. <laughs> I begged them to buy everyone of Mr. Video's videos and I got them in the mail and I just started watching yeah. and learning and then started helping coach the eighth grade team as a ninth grader. Wow. Um, came back to Oklahoma because Oklahoma was the Mecca of cheerleading yeah. and it was also our family school. Cheered at OU for a couple years, cheered on Cheer Athletics Open, coached at a gym called Oklahoma Twisters. Mm -hmm. That was really my first slice of um, getting some leadership opportunity. Mm -hmm. My two owners, Craig Hallmark and Jeff LaForce, who really helped create who I am today, yeah. um, had been really busy with choreography and mm -hmm. they gave me at 19 years old, a lot of freedom to be in charge at the gym. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, sometimes the worst thing, mm -hmm. but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because my love for cheer just kept growing. Yeah. I was at OU and I was like, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. My parents were like, why don't you go ahead and finish college before course, we make that decision, course. right? That's not a career. Yeah. Then I got through undergrad and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And they were like, how about you go to grad school and then you can decide. And I was like, okay, well, I'm still coaching. Mm -hmm. um, during grad school, we had moved to Tulsa and I got a job coaching Tulsa Union High School, which wow. is a yep. really strong mm -hmm. high school program here. And I was working at a gym and I just knew this is what I wanted to do. I finished grad school and then um, I had an opportunity to become a director of a gym in Owasso. Yeah. And I took that opportunity. We merged two small gyms a couple years later, became the director of Lux. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later after that, the opportunity for ownership showed up. So I have a really non-traditional way into how yeah. I got here. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it started for me at 14 years old, yeah. 14 years old and I've never looked back. And um, I wouldn't change anything. So now that they kind of know how I got here, how did you get to where we're sitting? <laughs> yep, so my name is Darian Pleasant. So I actually got into cheer, funny enough, in 2010. Um, I was actually dating a girl who wanted Always. to cheer at Oral <laughs> Roberts University, which was my first school I went to. And I didn't know much about cheer. All I knew was like, these guys are gonna be touching my girlfriend. I was like, let me just go with her. Because one of the captains at the time invited her to come do like a lesson, just to kind of prepare her for tryouts. So he saw me sitting there. Um, he actually became a great friend of mine now. His name is Nate. Um, he said, you're strong. He's literally- You look strong, like, man. Word for word. He was like, hey, come try this. And second time I did it, uh, co-ed stunting, I got to toss hands. Mm -hmm. And he goes, man, you are a natural. Mm -hmm. And he goes, hey, if you both try out, you know, is this like a package deal? What are we talking? And I was like, um, I don't even care. He said there was a scholarship opportunity. So I was like, hey, you know, a little bit more money, broke college kid. I was like, I am all about it. And funny enough, I made the team and she did not. Oh, so, story of so, male children's lives there sometimes who come with a girlfriend. So we tried to hang on and keep the relationship alive, but it did not work. And and that the rest is history. I mean, cheer was the first thing I've ever did. I co-ed scenting was the first thing I ever did that I was like, I am like either made for this or I'm really, really good at it. And um, not that I was like the best ever, but I just picked it up very, very quickly. Um, that led into me getting a job at what was Max at the time, getting into coaching, getting into teaching classes. Um, and then I ended up uh, sitting out of ORU for a little bit. And I actually met one of the Oklahoma State University cheerleaders who invited me um, to come to a practice. And the coach pretty much offered me a spot on the team second semester, which they had never done. Um, and I ended up winning with them in 2015, all the while still coaching. Um, so yeah, I won my first national championship in 2015 with Oklahoma State, go Pokes. And Boomer sooner, <laughs> but I love you anyway. Rivals, rivals. Rivals, but friends. Um, and then while I was at Stillwater, um, where OSU was, I became a summoning coach out there at a gym called Impulse. 
Um, then she allowed me to have some leadership opportunity. I became the director of Tumbling there. Um, went home for some time. Where's home? You got to tell uh, where so home, home is. So home is New Jersey, um, which I didn't think Cheerven existed. Um, but I realized that New Jersey it's is a mecca. Is a mecca. <laughs> it's a mecca. It truly. is a mecca. It's 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 a wild place, and like they eat, sleep, and breathe cheer if yes. you're in the right areas. Um, so I had the opportunity to coach out there a little bit for some tumbling. Um, found my way back to Oklahoma, and uh, me and my wife moved back a year ago. Um, which I came back and joined the Lux team. And funny enough, my first time ever cheering on All Star was actually as a Lux legend. Darian was a legend. <laughs> there it is. I'm a legend, <laughs> and I had right. the I had the opportunity to see Lux um, grow and prosper. Really. You know, become Lux. Mm -hmm. um, and Lux truly has seen its fair share of success and growth. And now, I mean. It's a hub, truly. Yes. Well, it, we've had success, we've had growth, but we've also had, probably with like any gym, hard times and mm -hmm. struggles and times when I didn't know what trials were going to look like and times when I didn't know what the season was going to look like and we've navigated it all. And, you know, they say a lot of times that it's, can your business survive the first five years? Right. Right? A small business, if you can't, if you can't make it to five years, you, you, you're, you're done, right? Yeah. So we are in season nine, um, but we were so grateful to have Darian and Darian also coached at Lux that first year yeah, that he was actually. here um, and so it was kind of full circle moment when you yeah. moved back here and I got you know a message that was like I think I'm coming back to Tulsa <laughs> you know do you think I could come hang out at the gym and I was like I will give you a job tomorrow <laughs> like come yeah. back come back right now yeah um, I love hiring coaches mm -hmm. who have not only cheered for us but have invested in our program because then you get over the hurdle of having to teach them who we are and who we're not so I um, was really happy to have Darian back so uh, Darian is our class director here at Lux and he is um, a business owner um, he is a pretty cool guy and he was like I think we should do a podcast and I was like yeah Cat Whedon has absolutely no problem talking for long periods of time I said so I'm in but truly I mean uh, most of our talks start with cheer mm -hmm. and then stem into life and absolutely. cheer and that's truly what kind of motivate motivated me to be like one Cat has so many stories and the stories. so much knowledge <laughs> and she's being modest and she does a lot more than just own Lux. Yeah. She has truly made a path for herself and a place for herself in the cheer world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as far as cheer goes, you have so much good advice for people who are either wanting to start a gym, wanting to get into coaching and wanting to also make their own lane here. Um, but also just life advice. You know, you're a, a wife, you're a mom of two kids, um, two good kids. Thank you. <laughs> um, and it's just so much to talk about. You know, absolutely. But, but let's even just jump into like if, if there is someone who's watching this or listening to this that is considering getting becoming a gym owner. What are some things they should think about? Don't prior? do it. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> so, so let me rewind back because you hit something that I forgot to mention. Um, about four years ago, a couple of friends and I had, um, we weren't thrilled with some stuff that was coming down the pipeline mm -hmm. um, from our leadership organizations in cheerleading. And we were like, we need to get a Facebook group together and talk to everybody, all the other, all the other small gyms like us. Yeah. So in our sport, um, small gym is really kind of considered like 125 athletes and below in your competitive program. And we didn't like some of the, the directions things were going. And we mm -hmm. said, let's get a Facebook group together. Let's just talk and let's maybe send an email. Yeah. We started a group. We just invited our friends and we said, let's all get together and let's send an, an, an email. Let's send a message. Let's send a letter. And what we had realized was that all the small gyms were kind of like on their own islands, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, nobody was talking to each other. We weren't yeah. even really talking at competition, but these were friends like of the gyms that are around us. Of course. Um, 
I have known some of those coaches and owners for 20 years. Yeah. And I'm like, we should be the best of friends. Yeah. Like, the cheer world is small. Yeah, the cheer world is really small. Yeah. And what ended up happening was we stumbled into creating the Small Cheer Gym Association. Yep. And via the Small Cheer Gym Association, I have had the opportunity of a lifetime for the last three and a half years to be in a very strong leadership role for small gyms around mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. Um, and I go to a ton of conferences. I go to a ton of meetings. I... Um, spent a lot of time interacting with leadership and mm-hmm. cheer on different facets and it has it has opened my eyes yeah. to a lot and it's been it's been kind of my calling that I wasn't sure um, was meant for me in the mm-hmm. beginning but has been such a blessing I think to this industry to this gym into the small gymmers mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel like um, often leadership roles like that almost take us by surprise absolutely and, and, and even in some aspects it's almost like we either think about those opportunities or dream about them mm-hmm. But the reality of them coming to pass is almost like a far-fetched thought. Yeah, it's like a manifest. It it absolutely was a manifest. And when we had started this vision, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of fear of retribution. There was a lot of fear of if we speak up, like, we're going to get punished. Our kids are going to get punished. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to act like I wasn't worried about that in the beginning because I absolutely was. But I felt like at the end of the day, there needed to be a stronger voice of the small gym because... Um, there was a very strong voice of large gym. Oh, there was absolutely. multiple very strong voices. Yeah. And because the small gymers were not engaging and because they weren't, we didn't have like an organized leadership, um, we weren't being asked our opinion mm-hmm. on things. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I can't speak for everybody, but mm-hmm. I can at least try to get a consensus and let's start moving this in a direction that's a little bit more favorable right. to us and helps us survive. So more or less the decisions that were being made were mostly benefiting the larger in my opinion yes okay but in in respect to them right small gym people were not engaging with leadership so we were complaining that we didn't have a voice they didn't know that there was a need right we also were not coming to the table we were not showing up at the conferences we were not you know sending and um responding to surveys we were not giving our opinion Mm -hmm. and so what we realized is like alone we're so little like Mm -hmm. but together we're a force we know right right now that small gym is probably close to 93 percent of the cheer industry 93 percent of the cheer industry was not engaging and was not talking and was not communicating and was not um banding together Mm -hmm. because we are all you know competitors and rivals but like we're not we're not we're not rivals we're competitors but we have such common ground absolutely and it was just a matter of saying listen like we just need to all get on the same page because if we all decide to move left they have to move left Mm -hmm. like there's no option if we don't like right then we get together and Mm -hmm. we say we're going left let's meet in the middle and we may not get everybody to move left but Mm -hmm. we sure the heck aren't gonna be moving right anymore okay so we started just kind of rallying people up and through that um I've had a really great opportunity to speak internationally um, around the country. I am a crazy believer in professional development. So yeah. we take our coaches to conferences. Mm-hmm. We travel places. I don't think that there's any time to not be learning. Absolutely. I mean, and truly, if you're going to coach, you know, the next generation. Oh, yeah. Whether it's just kids in general or athletes, it's important to continue developing. It's Absolutely. important to not take the coaching job lightly. Because whether we want to believe it or not, these kids are truly um, grabbing from us and learning from us. And some of them look up to us and want to kind of either do what we're doing or be like us in some form Mm -hmm. or fashion. So it's so important to, one, set a good example, but 
keep um, learning and getting better so we can kind of bring that knowledge back yep. home. So. so I've seen cheer from every angle. I've been a spectator. I've been a sibling of it. I've been a athlete at school level. Mm -hmm. I've been an all-star. I've been a coach. Yep. I've been an assistant coach. I've been a manager, a director, an owner. Um, the hardest job I ever had in cheer, but the most rewarding job was a coach, was as a coach. Mm -hmm. And um, anybody who works for me or who's around me knows that like my mentality is very coach-centered. Yeah. I spent more of my time being a coach than an owner or a director. And so I have mad respect for coaches and what they do. And in our gym, 99% of the accolades of our success go to our coaching staff. Yeah. So our coaching staff is very important to me, the balance of our coaching staff. Um, I'm very concerned at all times that our coaches are not only respectful to each other, but that we're friends. Yeah, absolutely. We, we are friends in Luxland. And um, I think it's helped our dynamic mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yep. We definitely are, are good about supporting one another, um, lifting each other up. You know, even, you know, we have, I have athletes that come to me for private lessons, but then the next next day or next week they want to go to another coach and in my opinion that is perfectly fine and do you know at other gyms that is a that is a like but yeah. coaches will lose their minds yeah yeah i don't care I don't, we don't care <laughs> I, I don't care what we want is for the kids right. to get better right and also i know i know what the other coaches are capable of mm -hmm. and i have seen where if i have been working with an athlete and for some reason whatever she isn't comprehending well or isn't understanding you know how to truly get this skill she'll go work with another coach at the gym and she'll get it yep and that doesn't mean i didn't play my part and you cheer her on absolutely because this celebrate. is collaborative True. in our gym it is 100 percent collaborative yeah. and that is something that i cannot stress enough to mm -hmm. other people that that is so important. Yeah. In our gym, it does not matter who a kid does a private true. with. That's true. That's true. It does and, not. And one thing I do like about uh, love about the community here at Luxon's aren't the way we do things is that we truly do cheer each other on, mm -hmm. and we celebrate. If I'm across the gym working with another kid and I see another kid with another coach get a skill, I'm jumping up for joy. We're shouting for them, and, and truly we encourage them. Yep. Because I think I think the cool thing about Lux is that uh, we truly want our kids to be better athletes. Yes. And that goes. Uh, beyond five, six, seven, eight. Yes. Oh, <laughs> looky there, you there got it. A <laughs> uh, shameless plug, but yeah. it goes beyond like um, Lux. Yes. Right? And there are times when we've had athletes that leave mm -hmm. and they feel that they're going to be more successful somewhere else. There's no hate. There's no shade. Yep. We see them anywhere else, see them at the competition. We greet them, say, what's up? How are you mm -hmm. doing? But we say, okay, if that's what you need, go ahead. Yes. So I have such a chip on my shoulder. And if you know me as a person, person, um, I am 100% about if you're at Lux, I want you to be here. For sure. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. I We do not, so this is very uncommon in All-Stars, but we do not recruit at all. Mm -hmm. I do not recruit kids out of other gyms. Yep. I do not recruit kids from the school cheer programs I work with. I am actually even more like, I don't even like us recruiting out of tumbling classes. I want anybody that engages with Lux All-Stars and anybody that participates in Lux yeah. All-Stars to be 100% coming to the table wanting to be a part of this. Yeah. And if at any point in time we have an athlete who feels like there's a better opportunity for them someplace else mm -hmm. or it's a better um, environment for them or their parents are opportunists or whatever the reason is. Yeah. If they feel like it's time for them to move on, we wish them nothing but luck. Absolutely. You know, that being said, you know, um, parents have to do a service to their children. If you're on, you know, gym two, three, and four, and these kids are in ninth grade elementary school, you're going to run out of places to go. Absolutely. You know, and my, my mentality has always been, you come in respectfully, 
you leave respectfully, we're going to have a lifelong bond. Absolutely, yep. You come in trying to disrespect gyms around us, who most of them are owned by my friends, mm -hmm. it's not going to work here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we will shut that down or we will send a kid on their way. Yeah. You leave and you want to be kind of crazy or you want to tell everybody all these reasons you don't want to be here, like then you lose the ability to have a relationship mm -hmm. with us beyond that. Right. And, that so, and that's life advice. That's, that, is <laughs> that is life not, That is not advice. even cheer. That is life advice. You cannot leave a job you know running and screaming and in shambles and and think that at any point in time you're gonna get a great referral mm -hmm. you're gonna get um you know a letter of recommendation to go to your next place yeah. like this is real life absolutely and real life is you know i i give this analogy a lot so here we go there's somebody that thinks that McDonald's has the best burger of fast food, right? <laughs> That's true. There's somebody that thinks that Wendy's has mm -hmm. the best burger, and there's somebody that thinks that Burger King has the best burger. The reality is, is if three, three, if these three people get together, and the Wendy's guy says, "Dude, it's not Burger King, it's Wendy's," mm -hmm. and the McDonald's says, "Dude, it's not Wendy's, it's McDonald's." Mm -hmm. They're all right. Yeah. Every single one of the three is right because for them, that burger is it for mm -hmm. them. Whatever they're yeah. looking for, mm -hmm. that's it. And guess what? Wendy's, McDonald's, and Burger Kings coexist all over the country. Absolutely. And nobody's going under. Most everybody's right next to each other. Yeah. And they're thriving. <laughs> yeah. And you can't convince the Burger King dude that Wendy's is it for him. Right. He may tolerate it, mm -hmm. but at some point in time, if he finds that Burger King burger, he's going to be like, <laughs> This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. That is cheer gym. Mm -hmm. That is tumbling gym. That is gymnastics gym. That is hairstylist. That is anything. Yeah. You know, not everybody is your ideal customer mm -hmm. and not everybody is your ideal fit. It's true. And there are some people that will be a part of this gym for a couple years and it was a really great couple years, but like this isn't the best fit yeah. for them. Right. You know, and also people grow and change. People so how, and change. how they came in and how they've developed over time, they're a different person now. They mm -hmm. might have different needs that Lux may not be able to service anymore. Correct. Um, also, we have a very specific environment in yeah. this building. We have a very um, no drama, you know, our parents are really pretty tame. Our mm -hmm. parents are very supportive of the program. Right. And if we get kids whose parents aren't in line with that, mm -hmm. or kids who like can't adhere to that, they'll remove themselves after a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Because they can't thrive off of, mm -hmm. you know, those people that thrive off of drama, yeah. thrive off of, yep. I can only be here if I push you there. Mm -hmm. Those kind of people, they don't survive here. Yeah. They end up at other gyms and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but for us, Lux just wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And I always wish them well. And I'm like, I hope it works out for you. And sometimes I think they think I'm facetious when I'm like, you know, I hope you get what you're looking for and I hope it's great. No, I really mean it. Like yeah. just because you're not our client doesn't mean I don't love you. But if you go out kicking and screaming yeah. or acting crazy. We'll give you a nudge. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll give you a little bit of a nudge quietly. I'm not going to tell anybody to give you a nudge. Right. I have more than one time had a family or multiple not be able to continue to participate. Yeah. And it I happens. said, and I'm like, you can say whatever you want when you walk out of here. Yeah. You can tell the whole world you quit. You can tell the whole world you hate me. You quit. This place is awful. I'm not going to say anything. Absolutely. Not online. Yep. Not vaguely. Mm -hmm. Not on Facebook. Not to other families. Not to coaches. Because you you have earned the respect of me not trashing your, yeah. your kiddo and your family. Right. Um, now that and being it's said, about the kids. Yeah. It's never reciprocated because yeah. they always got to leave and they got to try to convince everybody mm -hmm. why they left. Right. But as um, if we don't know enough people that it won't get back to us. Correct. And the thing is, is like, you know, when you're talking about kids that are in seventh and eighth grade or sixth grade, you kind of expect that behavior from mm -hmm. them because they're kiddos. Yeah. You know, their parents know better, but mm -hmm. the kids don't. Um, but, you know, everybody that is at Lux wants to be at Lux. Yeah. 
And that is like the coolest thing in the world to me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think it's reflective in those kids' attitudes mm -hmm. in this gym. Nobody's entitled. Nobody's more important than anybody else. Um, Legends is our flagship world team but it's not the most important team yeah, in the gym. That's true. And it's by design. Yeah, and I, I think you do a great job at spreading yourself around. Everyone, even though you mainly coach Legends and what other team is it? I mainly coach Legends, mm -hmm. which is our senior six, yep. um, Lady Rain, which is our senior 4.2, and then Legacy, our junior four. Yeah, but I think you do a, a great job, but everyone gets a piece of your knowledge. Yes, everyone quality gets, control. Exactly, <laughs> right. And uh, you also do a good job at um, Still letting them coach. You yes. know, I've, I've been in gyms myself where the owner, um, who's not a coach, sometimes has no real cheer experience, mm -hmm. will like intervene or put herself as a coach. And truly, it does disrupt um, the flow of things. Absolutely. Right? Because uh, in any job, if you've hired someone to do a job and then you don't let them do their job, now you're creating um, distrust. Now you're, Absolutely. Now you're, uh, this person's angry with you. There's bitterness involved, right? And then now we have a disrupted flow. So Yes. Oh, and that's it's hard because, yeah. um, you know, I do choreography. We've had years of choreographers mm -hmm. coming in and years where we do it in-house. Right. We're on an in-house year where I just am like, We've got ideas. We've got a really great staff. For being a small gym, we have like 15 staffers because mm -hmm. I collect staff like yeah. shoes. Like, I'm like, you're a great person. Like, I think that you offer so much to the gym. Yeah. I only have five, three hours for you. Come work for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, but we have a lot of staff and um, I'm in a place right now where my personality is strong. Mm -hmm. it is. It is. <laughs> my personality is strong. My vision is strong. Um, I am a recovering former like my way or the absolute highway type person i mean i think i'm a recovery from that um and i'm at the place where like our coaches mm -hmm. in tumbling our coaches and cheer i just believe so wholeheartedly in their ability to get the job done yeah. that right now they get more mad at me because i'm like they'll come to me and they'll be like well what do you want to do about this or this should we go to the the right or should Take we go to the it. left and then i say what do you want to do yeah and they're like no 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 we want you to tell us and I'm yeah. like no these are your kids this is your team but that's an interesting transition as an owner oh yeah because one you can't do that unless you have good staff yes and faith and trust in them absolutely and if you know you don't have good staff and if you don't have faith and trust you want to be there every second you have to be a helicopter if you don't right and then right. you're, gonna, you're simultaneously getting burnt out or mm -hmm. over exhausting yourself or overextending yourself you can't yourself. do it all yeah mm -hmm. so I think Lux has um, um great staff to where now you're in a place where you're actually able to kind of step oh, back and say and I am Go do that. And it's uncomfortable at first for mm -hmm. them because, you know, their biggest fear is I'm just going to leave them out to wash and the team is not going to be great. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it's the exact opposite. I believe so much in your vision. Yeah. I believe so much in your ability that like my vision doesn't need to live through this team for every eight count. Yeah. Like your vision needs to live through the team. If I see something I don't love, don't worry. I'm going to tell you. For sure. If I see something that's not going to score, I'm going to tell you. But we have got coaches that are obsessed. Mm -hmm. Obs you have to. You have yeah. to be obsessive. That's true. They see something and it sparks an idea and I spent too many years squashing that creativity because I didn't know how to trust what they know how to mm -hmm. do and I'm on the opposite side of that this year which is I oversee everybody but I'm like stay yeah. in my lane which is I trust y'all to do it I will help you as yeah. much as you want me to help you but I want you to know that I believe in you and your vision so how does a gym owner get to that place you, you have to at some point yeah. you can't do it all um about four years ago um julie julie riley who works for us who's one of my best friends outside of the gym um she kept like offering helps with stuff and mm -hmm. finally i was like julie i got it i got it and she was like 
no, you don't. Yeah. She was like, you don't, you don't got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, but I can help you get it. Yeah. And that was probably the first time that I realized that by trying to be in control of everything and oversee everything, I was holding us as a program back. Yeah. And why do I have all these staff that I love that have come out of our program, mm-hmm. that have cheered for our program, that are coaching for me, that I would literally trust with my children's lives and I'm not delegating. Mm-hmm. And so I just started delegating yeah. and I started going, what are you good at mm-hmm. and what can you have passion in? Yeah. You know, and so I'd go to a coach and I would say, I think it's time for you to step into more of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. What do you see as something that you can grab onto? Yeah. And, and I think you did a good job, but you know, even how I got into a director role, we had a staff meeting and you just pretty much said, hey, if you're wanting more hours or wanting more stake in the game, come find me. Yep. And literally after the meeting, I said, hey, I'm in. Let's do it. Yep. And then I said, okay, Darian, I want you to give me some ideas. I've got some ideas on where yep. I think you could thrive. I want you to give me some ideas yep. where you could think you could thrive. And then let's find the middle mm-hmm. ground. And we just put them together. And we put them together. And um, Julie was really the first. Julie is the brand manager for Lux. Yeah. So she directs. And she's good at the, oh, she is, she is very good. good at her job. She directs and makes, makes every decision on pro shop and um, practice wear and uniforms. And then when I first kind of handed this job off to her, she was really reluctant because mm-hmm. she knows that I am so like, this is what I like, this is what yeah. I don't. Like I've got some very hard lines, like in uniforms, booties covered, mm-hmm. like is a hard line for me. Yeah. How everybody, that isn't hard line for everybody. It I'm isn't. not sure. It isn't. I don't know why that's not a thing for everybody, <laughs> but as a mother and as a woman who came through cheer, yeah. Me showing my booty or having rhinestones on the bottom of my hot pants is not necessarily something that I think um, makes me a better athlete. Yeah. So I'm always in pursuit of what is athletic, but what is good looking. Yeah. So and, and just to add a note to that, we love our kids. Oh, yeah. And we want them to grow up feeling safe and comfortable always. Mm-hmm. And want them to be kids as long as possible right. because this is a whole other blog topic. I mean, we got about 17 um, <laughs> topics for podcasts we've already discussed so far that we will expand on in the future. Um, But sexuality for young kids, once you open that box, cannot be closed. Yeah. Cannot be closed. Yeah. And the downfall... They're exposed too much to way too soon. The downfall of our industry and what is today's date? Today's date is is Wednesday... 24th. August 24th. So in real time, there's been a lot going on in the cheer world in the Mm -hmm. last couple couple days. Um, And really for the last couple years, um, the downfall of our industry is that we allowed the over-sexualization of young women and men too early Mm -hmm. and too young in the sake of good performance and routines and competition and uniforms. And we're at a place right now where we don't know how to close that box. And to a certain extent, that for that generation, that box cannot be closed. Yeah, and cheer is interesting because oftentimes we have really old children with a lot of really young children, mm-hmm. and it's that's just the way it works. It's the way it works, and it's problematic, um, especially if you're not vigilant. Yeah, you know, um, but. There, there's so much we we will yeah, save this for another for sure, for, for sure but there's there's you know julie is over our branding mm-hmm. she does everything yeah um but in the very beginning when i first gave her our branding she had been around when i was like yes no no this yes and um at first she was not comfortable in making the decisions right. every decision she wanted to ask me about not because she didn't have a vision but because she was afraid <coughs> of stepping on my toes and then i realized well at some point i'm delegating but i'm not giving them free reign enough mm-hmm. because delegation that's like in when I pretend like I'm delegating but I'm not delegating right 
is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was pretending like I was delegating, but then I still wanted to be in control mm-hmm. of everything. We're at the place now, three years in, where um, Julie will be like, well, let me send you some practice for ideas. And I'm like, nope, you make it. Mm-hmm. You make it. I'm like, you do it, and then let me know when it's ready, and I'll approve it, and I'll yeah. pay for it. Like, yeah. um, But it's taken a while to get there, mm-hmm. but like our stuff is so much better because yeah. she's doing it. Yeah, and also, like, I know people think pro shop and the, the typical cheer. Our stuff is nice. Our stuff is nice. And it, <laughs> I mean, this is a whole nother podcast. Our pro shop um, in 2022, no, it's 22. In 2021, mm-hmm. our pro shop profited a little over like $20,000. Wow. But like, I use that money to turn right back around and take our of entire course. staff to to yeah. different conferences yeah. and leadership yeah. and to bring people in and um but we're a small gym mm-hmm. we're not large right. and so our profit being that great on yeah. pro shop was very very helpful especially coming out out of a year after a pandemic for sure, for sure. it it bridged a lot of gaps for that year and yeah. it helped us be able to continue to do what we wanted to do in this yeah. building yeah if you're listening right now or watching let us know if that is a a topic you want us to get into um, just as far as the business side of cheer how to build a pro shop and how to kind of build these different aspects so there's additional income coming in to kind of support um, what oh, you yeah. guys are trying to grow and build because once we start started taking out the middleman in pro shop right we started seeing some really good return and for me it's not just about how much money we can get out of a t-shirt that's actually not it at all like nine times out of ten when julie and i are talking about pricing we'll throw out a price and i'll be like this is too much right or julie be like we can't do that like we need to bring it down. We mm-hmm. need to bring it down a notch. So we spend more time bringing costs down. Um, but the pro shop, what it does is it gets those kids in your brand. Yep. It gets those parents in your brand. And it has given us the freedom to make improvements in the gym. Right. We just did our entire lobby. We just mm-hmm. completely redid our entire lobby. It's given me the ability to expand our all-star staff to um, nine coaches. It's given us the ability to take, um, for the first time ever, tumbling coaches out of the country to go to conferences mm. and to go and get some of the best training. So it's it's pretty wild, yeah. but yeah, so I basically went to Julie and I said, you've always had an opinion on branding and the uniforms. I want your opinion to lead. You yeah. know me like the you know me like the back of my hand. I am not afraid mm-hmm. to give you control. And then I went to one of our other coaches, Tyler, who literally has like four kids under 5 years old. But is the most organized person I know. She's also really I mean, good at her job. Yeah, she she could be late to her own funeral. Let me just put <laughs> that out there by five minutes. Um, but she has she's one of those she's one of those girls women who has like the really nice um, like uh, what are those called? Really nice planners mm-hmm. that are like color coded and that like you know have like all special stuff and she can go to a page and know exactly what's going on that day. Like she's got her life together yeah. with having all those kids. And I said, "You are so dang good at controlling chaos." I said, right. "I need a gym scheduler. Mm-hmm. Are you interested?" And she was like, well, "What would it be?" And I said, "You basically create a calendar for the gym. And if we have rentals, if we have practices, if we have anything, I'd need you to get them on a schedule." Yeah so that our coaches know when they can do privates and when they can't. And so we can know when to schedule stuff and yeah. not. So we're not overbooking our floors. And how much does that free up your schedule? Oh my <laughs> gosh. It has been this summer. We started this for her in May, I believe. And it has been life changing yeah. for me. There were so many jobs and um, rentals and opportunities that we basically have passed up the last three years because I honestly didn't know what the floor looked like on that mm-hmm. day at that time. Yeah. 
or I didn't know if we had coaches open and now she's over scheduling and she is so good at it because that's her lane. Right. That's her lane. So I guess going back, you know, 10 minutes ago to your initial question is like, how do you do it? You just have to start yeah. and you have to trust them and you have to understand that there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I don't, don't mean to cut you off, but no, I no, think one good. of the cool things about Lux is that um, the people that you have brought into those roles um, are almost as passionate about Lux as you are. Oh, yes. And I think that is so key for people that kind of hold the weight of, of those jobs. They ha- also have to, one, like um, align themselves with your initial vision and kind of see the see the future almost of what looks can become absolutely that should that should excite them and it does it does everybody that we have in a leadership role Mm -hmm. right now is very very excited and we've got people that are not in leadership roles that can be Mm -hmm. in leadership roles and i am not afraid for everybody to have a leadership role i don't think by i don't think by another coach having a leadership role it dilutes your leadership role absolutely um I think that if you invest your life and if you invest your time and your love into this gym, the least I can do is say, you're all in. How mm-hmm. much more all in do you want to be? Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. but no, it's important. It's important that they are super committed to this. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 I and think, it helps them become more committed, to, to be honest. Truly. And it, it's only going to set them up for future things. Even if, you know, mm-hmm. cheer is not their end all, yep. it is going to prepare them for another job. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, which is kids staff everything in life has a season Mm -hmm. and sometimes you've got kids that are with you from day one of tinies to graduating out and going to college Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have kids for a very small amount of time and their impact doesn't matter whether it's a long-term impact or a small-term impact i have staff that i'm like i know in a year we're gonna lose this staff Mm -hmm. to a like a big kid job or to um another opportunity or to family and I'm like it doesn't change the fact that like while they're here now I'm going to you know celebrate them them and pour into them and if life and the wind takes them another direction I'm I always say to coaches when they get some kind of opportunity that they're kind of weighing I say I'm always going to be your biggest supporter you take what is best for you and your family you know I don't want to lose you Mm -hmm. but but you take those opportunities because they don't always come back right and uh for those who, like we were talking about earlier, leave in a good, great way, yeah. there's that open door for them to, to come return. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have had numerous kids who went places where they thought the grass was greener, bluer, purpler, you know, grayer, blacker, <laughs> wherever you want to say. Right. And um, what you realize is that every gym is going to have their faults and every gym is going to have things that are successful about them. Right. And depending on the type of person you are, like some of those things that are their faults are either going to be big or they're going to be small. Mm -hmm. And we've had kids who left on really pretty great terms who have come back after a year or two and just said like, I did what I thought I was going to go do, but this felt more like home for me. Yeah. You know, and we've had it the opposite way where we've had kids come from other programs um, and they may end up back at their original home program. Mm -hmm. And you just got to do, kids have got to do what's best for them. Right. That being said, opportunist parents are what ruin the sport. Mm. (laughs) But that's a whole nother, (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, they think they're doing what's best. But sometimes it's detrimental. It's short-sighted. Mm-hmm. It is so short-sighted. Yeah. Um, there are so many things about parents, the way that sometimes they navigate this mm-hmm. industry that is incredibly short-sighted. Yeah. They always feel like they're running out of time. But I'm like, when your kid's not a junior or a senior, you're not out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and any good coach that loves them knows their timeline yeah. and knows 
knows I'm probably only going to get this kid till a junior. So can we make their dreams come true? Yeah. About three years ago, before tryouts, I sat down with every member of Lux Cheer one-on-one with their parents. And I said, where do you see yourself in five years at the gym? Where do you see yourself in three years? Mm -hmm. How to make a plan to get you there? Um, And I said, it's important for me to know what does your kid want? Like, like if their end all dream all is to be on the world's team and be on legends, like how do we plan for that? Mm -hmm. You know, if their end all be all is they just want to go to summit or they just want to win NCA, that's a different battle, you know? So I'm, I always try to be as in tune with the kids as possible. Um, Doesn't always work out, but you know, yeah, you do I, your best. Yeah, we, do, we and I think we uh, build a great environment because um, even as we're teaching lessons or teaching classes, I've had um, even this this new season. A lot of kids come up to me and say, "Coach Darian, um, this is what this, these are the skills I want to get." Mm-hmm. Right, and I say, "Okay, that sounds reasonable. Here's what we have to do to get there." Yep. And I talk, and I always include their parents in those conversations, so the parents also know like. This is what we have to tackle and work on mm-hmm. so your daughter can get her back tuck or so your daughter can get these multiple skills to whatever. So, yep. but yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, so Darian in our gym is the director of classes um, and he basically puts out curriculum, makes sure they're running great and smooth. He does not touch all-stars and I am clearly the owner of the gym, but I'm mainly on the all-star side. I stay in my lane when it comes to tumbling. Um, but the collaboration between Mm -hmm. both sides of that coin in a gym is so important, so important. Right. And, you know, I'll get with the coaches, the tumbling coaches, and I'll be like, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all gotta start asking these kids questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like, you know what they're wanting to work and you know what they're almost getting. I said, but you need to start asking them what's in your routine. Right. And in that routine, what are you hitting 10 out of 10 times mm-hmm. and what are you missing? Right. And if they're missing something more than two or three times to practice, start there. Yeah. And I, I think in classes now, we do a great job of that because um, when the kids come into class, typically we say, um, whenever you get to your running section or your standing area of class today, you need to work on at least two, three, four times of whatever's in your routine. Yep. Right. And once you've done that, let's start having some fun and kind of maybe mess yep. around with some new skills here and there. Absolutely. Right? But our goal is for them to truly be prepared for competition and be prepared um, for their routine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. One hundred percent agreed. It is such a collaboration mm-hmm. between all star coaches and tumbling coaches. And we spent years assuming that the tumbling coaches knew exactly what kids needed to work. But you know what kids are? Kids are sneaky. Oh, 100%. Kids are sneaky. 100%. Even the best kids in the entire world are sneaky. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world when these kids say, I'm like, hey, what are you working on? Um, a layout. They throw the layout. I'm like, you're not working on a layout. There, there ain't no way. I don't know what that was. It wasn't a layout, but that's true. What, what did Kat say you were working on? Uh, yes. We, that's our line in the gym. What, what do you, if I go ask Kat right now and she and I ask her, what should you be working on? I was like, oh, well, maybe I should well, work on my back handspring. Well, my back handspring isn't good. Okay, so why are we working layouts? Um, <laughs> or they say, well, I have a tuck. And they throw this out my um Sweetheart, you don't have a tuck. <laughs> yes, kids are sneaky. Kids are super sneaky. So speaking of that, we've got a very unusual policy in Lux that most gyms do not have yep. when it comes to All-Stars. And it's very controversial um, when it comes to other gyms. Um, but we have a policy in our gym that if you are an All-Star, and especially an elite All-Star at Lux, that you cannot tumble and train at other facilities. Mm, yeah. Um, and I get a hundred questions from outside people online. What does online. that mean? What do you mean by What do you, you mean yeah. why? Is it because of the money? You only want their class money to go to you. You only want their private money to go to the gym. And it's like, no, that's actually not the reason. That's actually the very last, if a reason at all. 99% of it is quality control over what they're doing. Yeah. Um, 
privates are pay to play, man. Mm-hmm. It's pay to play. And Susie can go get a private at any gym in the country and say, I'm working fulls. But Susie can't land a backhand to Mac Tuck in the routine. Yeah. And on the new score sheet, Susie for sure the heck can't land a round off back handspring. Yeah. Rebound half turn step out, round off back tuck. And one thing we are um, strict about a Lux is progression. Progressions. Um, um, and, you know, progression is just, you know, in order for me to get my tuck, I need to kind of be going through these motions here. And truly, um, I always tell kids, because, you know, sometimes you get pushback from parents and kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if your child can't do a back handspring properly, she's not going to be able to do multiple back handsprings. She's Correct. not going to be strong enough and prepared enough to get into her tuck. Correct. So truly starting from the ground up and making sure these kids are passing through the right progressions helps them build strength, helps them um, refine mm-hmm. their technique. And I always talk to kids about longevity. Yep. Right? Do you want your skills, you know, you throw 10 and you hit two? Or do you want to be able to land your skills, like we said earlier, five out of five times, yep. 10 out of 10 times? Do you want your skills um, for the length of your cheer career, however long that is? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not taking the time to uh, build that strong foundation, when you get to your fools, you're going to be wondering why you can't land them. Correct. Correct. And you know, the greatest tumbling coaches in our industry will tell you, people can't do doubles because of round-offs mm-hmm. and round-off back hand Yep. It has nothing to do with spin. It has nothing to do with height. Well, it's it's height and spin based off the fact that you did not get a good foundation. And I think that we are humble enough to say in our building that we still have a long way to go Mm -hmm. um, in stunting, in tumbling, in everything. Like, we never stop learning in this building. We never think that we are the experts Mm -hmm. at any one skill. Um, And we are constantly looking to see where we can get better. You know, but yes, kids, kids are sneaky. And what they'll do is they'll go to a private and they'll say, I need to work my full. And the tumbling coach will go, oh, okay, well, let's do some drills. Let's get warmed up. Well, like if you don't have any knowledge about where that kid is at, Mm -hmm. you are going to continue to pay to play. Um, And I would say that a majority of tumbling coaches out there that do not have a direct connection with the team that the kid that they're coaching, Mm -hmm. um, don't know necessarily all of the kids' downfalls. Right. The, the great coaches do. Mm-hmm. The great coaches know you will not throw a round off back hands from back tuck, but you want to work a round off double. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Um, kids hate those back hands <laughs> Right, right. But you know, it just is kids are sneaky yeah. and kids will not be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got some protocols in the building if a kid is struggling and tumbling. Because you know, kids block. We, we have this word block in yeah. here, right? Mental mm-hmm. blocks, I'm mental block. Um, I am not one of those people that's gonna say to you, I don't believe in mental blocks. But what I do believe is that we call a block, we call everything that when a kid isn't tumbling, yeah. a block. Yeah. Kind of like we use the word cancer in the medical field, but cancer is really a hundred thousand things. Yeah. But we give them this really big wide term. Block is a hundred things that we give this really wide term. Yeah. Some kids block because they're actually physically not strong enough to do yeah. it and they know it. Mm-hmm. Some kids block because they've done something and they're scared. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. from a previous injury. Some kids block because they just don't remember how to do a skill right. um, or they don't think they remember how to do a skill. Some kids um, have anxiety. Some mm-hmm. kids are struggling at home. Some kids are going through some stuff with their parents. Yeah. Um, there are a million reasons why a kid is not tumbling yeah. and it is not a cookie cutter mm-hmm. and, it, yeah. and how you deal with it when is I, not a cookie cutter response. When I'm working with athletes who, for whatever reason, a skill they were throwing last week, they mm-hmm. can't hit this week. My first response to them is never, um, are you having a mental block? Or my mind doesn't even go there. I typically say, what's going on today? Yep. Are you tired? How was your day at school? You know, uh, how are things going at home? Did you get in a fight with the sibling? Mm-hmm. How are things with mom and dad? 
You know, I never, I never want to one push them into a blocking place, mm-hmm. right, or create a fear or or more add to their anxiety. But as coaches, and you know this, how many times have we stopped what we're doing, and literally the last 15, 10 minutes is us giving life talks yep. or just listening. Yep. These kids are, you know, I've I've had kids just just break down. When I ask them, well, mm-hmm. what's going on today? Yep. So they start crying. Hard day at school. I had, got in trouble at home. Literally had that last fight. night with yeah. one of one of our all stars. I said, why are you sassing your coaches? I said, you're a lot of things, but you are not a disrespectful kid. Absolutely. I said, and right now those coaches of the team I don't coach think that you're disrespectful and they're coming to me for help. And I said, you're not a disrespectful kid to coaches. What's the deal? And the kid broke down and she just basically said that there was stuff going on at home that was, um, you know, not concerning like, you know, oh, we need to interfere. Just a lot of stress on the kid. And I said, okay, I said, you know, I've got your back. These coaches mm-hmm. have your back. I right. said, I hope that when you walk in this building and when you walk in these doors for just two hours, you can forget about yeah. that stress. Right. And for often, just two hours. Oftentimes, um, the gym and the coaches are a safe place for these kids. Absolutely. Um, and, and like you've always said, you know, these kids come here sometimes just to de-stress. Correct. You know, so I, there's been plenty of times when, when we've I've had those conversations with kids and I said, hey, if you ever need a moment with me or need a moment with another coach or another friend, just say, hey, I need 10 minutes. Go into the lobby, um, you know, go sit down, grab a drink of water and just like have your moment. Yes. And then let's get back into the game. So. And, and that's important. Um, a lot of the, in this building, we use the phrase, everybody handles stress differently mm-hmm. a lot because everybody does. Um, great example, like the hole before you compete. Like when you're back there, you're maybe the next team on. Oh, man. There are kids that are chatterboxes. Mm-hmm. They got to just keep talking. They got to mm-hmm. keep talking to somebody. Yeah. There are kids that go off to a quiet spot and their head's against the wall yeah. and they're, they're praying, they're stressing. There are kids that need comfort from somebody else. Mm-hmm. There are kids that need comfort from a coach. There are kids that start doing rituals. Well, I high five this person mm-hmm. like this. Then I high five that person. Then me and her, we're going to kick our feet together. Yeah. Um, and then there's some kids that just get very deathly quiet. And then there's some kids that are ready and they're confident, but like tears are leaking out of their face because mm-hmm. it's just such an emotional moment. And, you know, a conversation we have in this building is you don't get the ability to check somebody else's stress. Yeah. You don't get the ability to say, I don't like how you're mm-hmm. dealing with stress and I want you to deal with it the way right. that I deal with it because I don't like it, you know, and um, kids deal with life stress yeah. very differently. And, and as a coach, we have such a integral and valuable role because we can make or break a kid oh. in a heartbeat. Yes. In a heartbeat. If you don't choose your words wisely or if you're not being, you know, discerning enough or sensitive enough in that moment, you can either set that kid up for future success or ruin it for them. Yes. In the same way that people always say, like, my parents taught me what a marriage is Mm -hmm. or my parents taught me what, what a marriage shouldn't be. We are teaching kids how to expect to be treated mm-hmm. um, we're, we're teaching them how to engage and interact with adults mm-hmm. we're teaching them how they either have a say or they don't right. and there is not enough kindness handed out to all stars mm-hmm. and um, you know Darren will tell you two weeks ago I sent out a message to the entire staff and I said effective immediately like no more yelling like we're, we're done yelling yep. we are done which we don't even yell a ton in this building yeah that's but true. i said we're done we're done yelling we're done you know i don't want to ever hear any personal comments about a kid mm-hmm. and by that i mean like i mean you can't even get it together to wear the right practice clothes like something that makes them feel um like it's personal yeah i said our responsibility is to educate. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm frustrated because I taught them the same grip, you know, the last four practices. That's your job. Yeah. 
our job is to educate mm-hmm. and then when they don't remember it you educate again yeah. and then when they don't remember it, you educate again yeah. um, at the end of the day our athletes are customers yeah. they are clients and every single day they wake up and they choose Lux yeah they choose your gym and they're paying a good they're paying money a to good money to and even if it was free they choose you right right mm-hmm. we choose we chose McDonald's we are mm-hmm. we and cheer is very gang gang like yeah. you know what I mean like you are you are a part of the Lux gang like mm-hmm. that's what this is and yeah. so we can get frustrated with kids and this is a hard time of the year because the expectation that eight counts are done that we're submitting for music that routines are supposed to be done if you have more than one team in your gym then every coach of every team is looking like well they're further ahead well we're behind on this well we're ahead on this so there's lots of comparisons internally and then you throw in social media and yep. everybody thinks that everybody's ready for competition course, season in August course. because people only share what's good mm-hmm. whether it be a snippet for two seconds or 20 yeah and then the outside is that kids are not going back to school oh gosh Work it's stressful loads, Homework, schedules are changing. Football, you know, cheering. sports, Mm -hmm. right? And we're also very friendly here with school cheer. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a a high school cheer coach for 10 years, and it is challenging, and it is tough. And we have coaches that work really, really well with us, Mm -hmm. and coaches that work not as well with us. Um, And um, I've been in their position before, and my mentality is that if a kid wants to do school cheer and all-star, like, why are we as adults like discouraging that because your whole life is multitasking Mm -hmm. like one day you are going to be um a wife or a husband or a mother or a father or a sibling or a caretaker for somebody Mm -hmm. and your whole life is multitasking Mm -hmm. you don't get to just do one thing right it's true so why would we not teach kids at this age how to multitask and how to be responsible and Mm -hmm. how to communicate i am very big in this building about communicating um one of our kind of like foundations of lux is mutual respect yeah right mutual athlete and coach respect a lot of times coaches and adults demand respect from athletes Mm -hmm. and kids without giving it to them yeah and it's not healthy Mm -hmm. you know one day they're going to give you a really expensive therapy bill for that (laughs) but it's not healthy um and I think probably the biggest thing that we have started implementing over the last couple of years and especially this year is like apologizing to, to kids mm-hmm. if you overstep your boundaries if you are giving them a correction but you're mean yeah. if you are hurting their feelings um, it is your responsibility as an adult to yeah. be an example right. that anybody can be apologized Absolutely. to and that anybody is worthy of an apology yeah yeah. We, we can't be so prideful that we can't apologize and that Correct. is again a life lesson and it's right. hard, man. It's hard apologizing it to is. like an eight-year-old that can sometimes be a little brat. Like, <laughs> Especially if you, in your heart of hearts, know like I was actually right. I was right, but my delivery was bad. Exactly. And kids cannot hear what you say depending on how you deliver it. I mean, we can get into a whole other topic. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Kids hear things that weren't actually said. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a that's a whole other podcast that we've dealt with in the gym, um, where I'm like, you know, I believe if you feel it, it's real. Yeah. There's there's gonna be there's their truth, your truth, and the truth yeah. of a situation. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like a I, I I did undergrad in psychology and masters in human relations, which is basically a community form of counseling, and I use that degree every single day in this industry. <laughs> every single day but kids are not taught that adults apologize yeah. and should kids are also not taught that um you can lose the mutual respect is a two-way street mm-hmm. and if an adult or a person in your life does not respect you you do not have to unconditionally respect them yeah. and kids need to kids need to know that mm-hmm. that that's how the kids can keep themselves safe right that's how they can keep themselves safe from 
bad people, mm -hmm. scary people. That's how they keep themselves safe from people that don't have good intentions towards them yeah. is when you demand that kids are respectful to you, even if you're not good to them, right? you are treating them that it doesn't matter what somebody does to you. Like you're supposed to respect them and you're supposed to hold them to this, this level. Yeah. And um, kids get themselves in trouble with that 100%. because if an adult is abusing them, is emotionally, physically, sexually, verbally abusing them, but they've only been taught that adults are always right yeah. and adults you don't talk back well you shouldn't talk back but mm -hmm. you don't you you can't have an opinion you can't or have voice, a voice yeah. you cannot um have a safe way to communicate effectively that you're that the dynamic is not working well right. then you breed a bunch of children who cannot stand up for themselves mm -hmm. and i do not believe that you know starting at about eighth grade i start telling parents seventh eighth grade if there are issues, your kiddo really needs to come talk to me or their coach. Yeah. Well, they don't want to. And I'm like, you have to let them learn how to talk to adults because yeah. you can't be there every step of the way, yeah. right? And if something happens to them in school, they have to know how to talk to yeah. an adult they trust. And That's they, true. And they have to know how to discern who is an adult that can help me yeah. versus an adult that cannot. Right. And they have to be able to discern, like, this is a situation yeah. that, like, I'm going to talk to this adult and they're either going to help me or they're going to hear me or, or they're not going to hear me. And that adult is crossed off the list in the future yeah. as somebody and, who's safe for and me. And even just the, the thought of your child being a functioning member of society. Yes. At some point we have to start encour encouraging them to use their voice mm -hmm. to convey a message. Absolutely. Right. And then the parent can step in or be present if they need to, but you know, Hey, go, tell Coach Cat what you mentioned to me. Yes. You know, just getting them to use their voice. But I even start trying to do that at younger ages. Yes. Everybody knows that um, when you're a coach, tumbling whatever, we deal with a lot of kids. Absolutely. Sometimes we don't know all their names until you do. But a lot of times when I've mistakenly called a kid the wrong name and they won't correct me. Mm -hmm. And then I find out their name and I'll, I'll walk over to them and say, hey, I am so sorry I called you the wrong name. It's okay to let me know that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I said, I don't want to call your name that's not yours. So you need to let me, Coach Darian know that that wasn't my name. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, I, and I always make sure I apologize, but I'm, I want them to know that they can say that to well, me. And you, what you're also telling that kid is that like your name that is unique to you is important, is important. Mm -hmm. is important. And uh, we actually had this the other day with one of our all-stars, one of our really super great, talented world's level kids um, had been so sick this last weekend, not COVID, not flu, tested negative for everything, just was, you know, old school sick, had yeah, a fever, yeah. was not feeling great. And um, we got her back at practice on Sunday and she had been not sick for a couple of days, but a little bit weak, had not said anything mm. to um, my co-coach Jackson and I, and we had a full on practice and she was kind of off a little bit through practice, nothing horrible. But afterwards her mom was like, well, I told her she was supposed to tell you she wasn't, hadn't been feeling good and she had gotten really sick on Friday. She didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I told that kid, I said, you can tell me that mm -hmm. you're not in trouble. I just wanted to be tough cat. I said, you are tough girl. <laughs> You are tough, I said, but I would have been so hurt had you gotten hurt because yeah. you probably should have pulled back a little yeah. bit on tumbling today. And not every coach is like that, y'all. Like, like I always we tell don't my want husband, you to kill yourselves. yes, in Luxland, <laughs> we are we're we're just not those people. And I tell my yeah. husband that like if coaching mean if coaching and not caring about the kids' physical bodies, if coaching and having a total disregard for who these people are, these kids are, um, and their feelings is how you become. A world champion or is how you become you know a name on twitter like it ain't for me mm -hmm. it's not for me and it's yeah. not for our gym like we will never be in that position yeah, and i and i hate that in all-stars 
we have allowed this idea to float and fly that um, you have to be hateful to kids yeah. to be successful yeah. and that you have to demean them for their bodies, right. for how they look, for their hair not being mm-hmm. big enough, their skirt not being short yeah. enough, for their bodies um, not being tight enough for mm-hmm. you and toned enough. Like we've taught, we've, we, we, we have a whole section of All Star right now that is overly obsessed with things that kids cannot control. You cannot control development yeah, as a young right. woman. And something I always remind um, myself and, uh, and and parents, I was like, um, even though your child is this um, talented, she's only eight. <laughs> she's gonna grow. She's only 11, she's only 12, right? She still is deve- developmentally a 12 year old. Correct. Right, so we have to remember that even though we're these kids are talented. They're going to do almost everything we ask them to do. We have to understand that they are still children. Yep. And you know when that is the most prevalent? Right now. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, are on a kid about not remembering X, Y, and Z, and they didn't hit their formation, and their stunt could have been better, and they're, they didn't remember to stretch. Yeah. You know, they didn't remember to do this. And then you go, and you see back-to-school pictures, and they're like, first day of second grade. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like, this kid is like can't read yeah i mean again going back to what you said how silly is it for you to get on a kid about something they have no control over correct if a kid is always late yes it's it's the parents fault it's the parents fault it's something going on at home that's causing the, the kid's not driving right and what is what does it do to a kid who knows they're late probably was panicked in the yeah. car stressed when they walk in and you're like well i see you're late again mm-hmm. like what does that what does that do to start a practice yeah like, you know, that kid cannot drive. You're mm-hmm. right. That kid cannot. And yes, we'll message a parent, hey, we really need you to be on time. But you know what? At some point, you got to stop punishing kids. Yeah. Um, kids with blended families and families who have um, gone through divorce um, had been treated so terribly in all-star cheer for years. Yeah. You know, well, it's dad's weekend and he doesn't want to bring her to cheer practice. And then we're going to ream that kid and we're going to ream that mom. Not, and when I say we, I mean not me because I've never been this person. But in general, in our industry, mm-hmm. kids whose families um, have very non-traditional um, dynamics have been treated so poorly mm-hmm. in this sport and in our building. I am very much like you will not punish a kid mm-hmm. who has a blended family, who has vacations with both of those families. We mm-hmm. will not punish those kids. Yeah. We will not punish kids who have a blended family whose dad refuses to bring them to practice on Sunday. It's not their fault. Because they're going to go out of town for something. That kid knows the score that kid knows what they're missing yeah. that kid is not out enjoying what they're yeah. doing they're and, scared and, and they're there's stressed a very good most possible chance that the kid said i have practice yes or i have this this and this to do for cheer yes and they were just told no yes and it's not even that the parent is always a villain and it's not that they shouldn't uphold the contract it's right. just that you know in between practices life life happens life happens that was almost one of the other topic <laughs> yes you know life happens after we hit leave the mat yeah. like you know that was yeah. almost another title for this um but yeah it's you know kids get a lot of you're young your emotions don't matter like you need to control them yes kids you know learn how to control their emotions but um what we're saying to them becomes the soundtrack of their life as an adult. Yeah. And I can still remember things that other kids, um, adults, teachers, coaches said to me as a kid that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for the positive and yeah. sometimes for the negative. And um, it stays with you. It stays with you. And so you just got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful because these kids depend on us yeah. to do right by them. And I think it's just like, you know, pretty much the, the repeating line of the podcast today is just that, you know, they're important. And this is why we do it. 
and we have to make sure that um what we're doing truly is is really to help them carry on absolutely yeah and um we actually had funny story we had a in a a previous parent who has moved on to a different pastor mm-hmm. um interact with some of our parents last week and say something to the effect of well if you want your kid to be treated nicely and have a family environment and for the coaches to be kind you know you want to send them to Lux but if you want them to you know win like you're going to send them to this other gym and I was like was was she saying it as like a compliment to the other gym thank you because that's a that's the most that was our goal that is the (laughs) biggest compliment you ever have and according to our you know NCA trophies and rings <laughs> we do both and banners we do both in this building but I, I literally like said to my husband a day later I said did you know what she said like 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 why are you taking your kids to cheer places that adults are disrespecting have you, them have you ever been in a situation where someone tried to like dish you or insult you but they really couldn't find anything to like absolutely say bad about you Abs- they, 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 uh, they can't you're so you're, kind you're a family friendly gym and my kid learned life lessons and won lots of stuff and has been to the summit and almost won NCA and you know got all of her skills but you didn't treat my kid terribly, so we went someplace else to get yeah. treated to treat terribly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let me know how that goes when your kid yeah. is out of cheer in a year for life. Like, yeah. you know, but I don't will. I don't. I I truly do hope that when kids go other places, they find what they're looking yeah, for. Yeah, of course. Um, I also am a firm believer that they deserve everything they get. Yeah. Because they know what they're getting themselves yeah. into if they I've, choose. I've like, had a few kids say to me, oh, "This will be my last year uh, cheering. I'm going to do basketball or yeah. volleyball." I'm like. You're going to be so good at that. Yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna athletic. Be, you're going to be great. You may actually be better at that than you are at <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. You know, but every every kid is here for a reason or not. But um, if what people take away from Lux Cheer is that we are hella successful, but the foundation <laughs> of our program is your kids are going to be treated with kindness and learn life lessons Real and life skills. Values and, and that they're going to continue to grow and right. be better people and be better athletes. And we're going to have competitive success. Like, isn't that winning? Yeah. Like, isn't that hashtag winning? Right. Isn't that the ultimate goal? Absolutely. They can take that to literally every sport. Right. But like, it's life. Like, yeah. like what better and cheer do you want than your kids to be successful mm-hmm. on the competition floor, but to become better people? Right. right. Like, at what point did we decide that Should wasn't enough? Yeah. Like, like, what more do you want? Mm-hmm. And why do we believe that your kid has to be treated badly to grow? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird. Yeah. I am like a. I am not gonna. I you throwing a skill because I am losing my mind on you yeah. is not successful. It's yeah. not beneficial. I mean, I've it's been in environments. Good. I've been in environments where like I have literally seen coaches cursing out kids. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. I gotta get out of here. This isn't right. Right. And you know, regionally different places. You're from the Northeast. The Northeast gets down a whole different way sure with kids. And what's acceptable there is not acceptable here in the South, the Mid South. Um, but I'm a mom and I've got a, I've got a kid who is 12 mm-hmm. who does soccer and basketball and I've got a kid who's nine who does cheer and I just cannot imagine sacrificing my child's emotional and mental well-being that's gonna take with them through life right um, for the sake of this sport and again like I just think we are always for my son seeking out coaches mm-hmm. who will help him grow as a young man as yeah. a athlete that are going to help him learn the game mm-hmm. and that are going to, he's going to be on a team where sometimes you're going to, you know, not be the best team of the day. And other times you're going to be the best team of the day. Right. Um, because if you don't learn how to lose as a 
kid, you're going to have a struggle as an adult because every day you lose as an adult. <laughs> Most days. Every day you lose as an adult. <laughs> Most days it feels like you're losing. Yeah, you lose when you go and you have to yeah. you know, fill up the gas tank. You lose when you have to pay bills. You lose sometimes when you have to deal with family. Like yeah. you, you, you lose as an adult every day. Yeah, you lose at something. Yes. And everyone, but the thing that sustains you as an adult is all the life lessons and values that you've taken yeah. up and grown up with. And the moments of winning. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the win is this person in my office treated me horribly, <laughs> but I smiled at them, wished them a really great day. Absolutely. And I didn't give them the satisfaction yeah. of being upset. And in some houses, like the, the winning is the fact that your lights didn't go off this week. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, um, man, cheer is such an expensive sport. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you said that because um, it is it is so expensive. Yeah. It is. It's an investment. It's an investment. It has. Um, priced out a bunch of kids who deserve to be a part of this mm -hmm. um but you know it, people have real life problems outside uh, yeah, of this gym yeah i mean even just to touch on it just a hair i mean we've seen owners treat kids poorly because the bill didn't get paid but the kid has nothing to do with the, f the payment of the bill correct correct and it's hard because you want that balance of this is a business and you need to treat it like a business but mm -hmm. these are also kids and um they probably don't even know the building get yeah. paid. They just got dropped off of practice. Yes. And you've got kids who never know. And you've got kids who are fully aware of the financial dire that their families are in. And their families are still choosing to engage in something like All-Stars right. for the life lessons, for the activity, for mm -hmm. the keeping the kids busy, for, you know, having adults that love these kids that are two more sets of eyes on these kids and helping right. raise them. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, I'm raising kids every day in this gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't take that lightly, mm -hmm. and I think it's super important, you yeah. know? Yeah, we truly become a part of these kids' lives. You know, I've had kids come in and like tell me about things that, oh, I got an A on my test, or mm -hmm. hey, my family just did this, and they, they are excited to come find me and tell me. Yes. And I just celebrate with them. Yes, yes, and um, people always joke, like I go to weddings all the time. Yes. I, the Whedons are constantly at parties <laughs> and at weddings, but like, I have been so lucky in that, like, I have created lifelong bonds with right. these kids that when they get married, they're like, send me your address, we want, we want you there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm a part of their lives. And I'm a part of some kids' lives that, like, I don't even truly deserve to be a part of mm -hmm. because I was an immature coach 10 years ago. Yeah. I was a coach who said hurtful things 10 years ago. I was mm -hmm. a coach who was just trying to find her way. Yeah. And how do you find your voice as a coach? I was trying to find my voice, and there was a lot of missteps in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, those kids loved me anyways and I will never I will never take for granted the love that they've given me even though I could have been a better coach for right, them right. you know but something about what I did was 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 lifelong <laughs> yeah, lesson for them thankfully yes but <laughs> if kids are not inviting you back to weddings if they're not inviting you to baby showers to be a part of their lives as an adult mm -hmm. um then you haven't made an impact on them yeah yeah that's know? true and um when I go back up to Stillwater where I used to coach I mean these kids still come find me are you in town? Where are you? Yes. Can we meet you? Can we come see yes. you? I, you know, you know, even the parents like, hey, come, come visit, our, come by our house before you leave, and say hi to everybody. Yes. You know, and I love doing it. You yes, know? it means it, a lot. It, it does mean a lot, and like, make no mistake, like I am not friends with our athletes. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll, uh, ask them, is Kat your friend? Ah, no, yeah. she is not our friend. I have a very like in our mm -hmm. building, like we have a very fine line wall drawn mm -hmm. between our athletes and our coaches, yeah. and. Um, they still want me to be a part of their lives of in a in a way that has never been their friend. Mm -hmm. That has never been a, a person who um, has ever crossed that barrier. Of course. Like 
I've always been like, you're on that side of the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm on this side of the mm-hmm. wall. But I still love you. But I still love you. But yes. I mean, we probably have a thousand topics so we've already talked about today. So many. But I think for us, this podcast right here is an exploration of everything cheer. Yeah. But then everything that cheer touches that absolutely. has absolutely nothing to do with five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. I mean, every, cheer has truly made such an impact on our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still doing it all these years later. Mm-hmm. But we encourage other people to do it, and we want to see them also successful. So mm-hmm. this podcast is hopefully, hopefully to encourage the athlete, the parent, the coach, the gym owner, and all those aspects. And just hopefully we can add a bit of insight and share some of our, some of our stories and some of the things we've experienced to kind of maybe help you out. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we've had a million missteps. Mm-hmm. I take a lot of time, like, mentoring other coaches and owners. And they're like, why are you so free with information? And I'm like, why is information hidden? Yeah. Like, why Why are we not helping yeah. each other out? I can out? be successful and you can be yes. successful. Yes. And I can tell you exactly what's in every single one of my routines, but that doesn't mean that your kids can do the same. There's things right. that you can do that I can't do. Right. And there are tricks that I've learned mm-hmm. and ways to save money and ways to, you know, get a great pro shop. Like, why am I not sharing that with yeah. other people? Yeah. So this is going to be an open book. And, Absolutely. you know, as we go, like, you know, we'll ask people, what do you want to hear Absolutely. about? What do you want to talk about? Let us about? know. Let us know. Because I am an open book and so is yeah, Darian. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, even with us starting my own business, a clothing business, since then, I've had a few people come up to me and ask. Upholder. Upholder of the good. Upholder of the good. <laughs> Find them on Facebook. Yeah. But I've had a few people ask me, like, how do you do that? I was just on the phone the other day with a, a mom of a friend of mine. She's like, can you call me? And I was like, yeah. She goes, how did you do all this? I said, I will send you a whole note page of everything mm-hmm. I bought and how I did and how yes. I started. Mm-hmm. So we should be free. My success shouldn't hinder your success. Correct. You should My never success put want, somebody else down to build yourself up. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's Absolutely. what this is. And if you've tuned in, if you're watching, we're so thankful. I mean, this is just the beginning. So this is just the beginning. And um, we're going to be an open book and we're going to talk everything five, six, seven, eight and, and beyond. beyond. <laughs>